It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? How is it going? Good, how are you? Ah, pretty good. Tired as hell. You know. Doing the morning radio thing all week, so. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. The sleep cycle is extremely fucked up. Um, so why'd you want to go later? Why would you want that? Uh, well, my girlfriend's parents were supposed to come by to, to do a couple things, and then they didn't end up coming by at all. So I didn't have to push it later, which is... Oh, uh, sorry. Just, no, it's okay. It's uh, not your fault. Um, yeah, so, like, I don't know. figure we can just kind of talk about some of the stuff that could happen. We can talk about the norm-ish sort of report, I guess, today, although I'm not sure how much of a report it really is. Uh, what what was the report? I didn't see. Just that the Raptors are, might look to trade him by Thursday or whatever. It was Lewenberg. Just kind of a little nugget. It's not uh-huh. anything out of the ordinary. Um, yeah, we can just kind of touch on that stuff. We can just go 20 minutes or so. It doesn't need to be that long. So Sounds good. Just need to get the content up on a week where there is no content to make. <laughs> well, yeah, not yet. Okay. All right, let's uh, do this thing. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 351 of Locked on Raptors for Tuesday, June 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And make sure you're checking out the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, it's a great resource for all the stuff leading up to the draft, team-focused angles on... I don't know, if you're interested in what the Atlanta Hawks are going to do at three, make sure you listen to Brad Rowland and Locked On Hawks. If you're interested in what the Suns are going to do, Locked On Suns has you covered there, even though DeAndre Aiden kind of seems like a lock for the first pick. Uh, the Kings, I'm sure that that's an interesting show as well right now because they seem like they're ripe to do something really stupid. So make sure you check out all the Lockdown shows and get the local angle on all the different perspectives around the league and stories going on around the league. And make sure you f- check out the final installment of our Lockdown NBA mock draft as well. It dropped today. Uh, I was not part of it because the Raptors don't have a pick and no one would trade with me, so uh, I'm not involved, but you can listen to it. It's a great uh, way to learn some prospects, learn about what the teams are looking at. Jeremy Wu from SI is on there breaking down prospects. It's a great big production that we do, so make sure you check that out. And if you find a show on the network that you like, including Lockdown Raptors, please subscribe, rate, and review on, I don't know, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever the hell uh, you use to listen to your podcast. Please rate and review. It's very helpful, and I very much appreciate the support. All right, on today's show, nothing's happening yet. We're still waiting for the Raptors to do stuff. Uh, there's been you know, loose little reports and odds and ends here and there, nothing all that concrete. And joining me to talk about nothing is our friend John Gotis from Raptors HQ. How's it going, man? Uh, good. The master of talking about nothing. You brought me <laughs> on at a good time. Uh, we all talk about nothing all the time. Nothing matters, John, in case you didn't know. Uh, except for Arby's. That place rules. Um, anyway. What, what do we have to talk about? The Raptors are, are just kind of waiting in the wings. The reports are, I don't know, 
you know, the Mark Stein thing we talked about a little bit yesterday on the show, it's sort of, you got to take it all with a grain of salt because there's no way that's coming from the Raptors in all likelihood, so that's coming from someone for some reason. Uh, and I just, the we talked about the sort of logistics of a potential trade to the top 10 yesterday and how it doesn't really make a lot of sense considering the value of what the Raptors have to trade. Um, but I guess there was a little bit of a nugget today. Josh Lewinberg wrote a piece, uh, sort of talked about a couple things, talked about a little bit what the process was for last summer and how had Kyle Lowry not come back, maybe they were looking at a complete step back and a rebuild. Um, obviously, that didn't really take place, so we don't really have to dive into that. But also, we mentioned that Norman Powell might be someone the Raptors are looking to trade by Thursday. If you're not familiar with Norman Powell's contract situation, I think I've outlined it out here before, but um, just a refresher, he only counts for $1.5 million until his new contract kicks in on July 1st. So in theory, the Raptors can trade him for a small amount of money coming back now and save the 8 or $9 million difference that'll kick in at the start of July. And then that, in theory, allows the Raptors to bring back Fred Van Vliet and not pay too much tax or any tax at all. Um, depending on what Fred ends up getting. The Raptors, I think, right now have $126 million locked up for 20, or for 11 players uh, for next season, and Fred VanVleet, of course, is not one of them. Norman Powell is. John, thoughts on the potential of a Norman Powell trade? Uh, there's pros and cons to it, I think. What do you think? Uh, well, I can see it from a financial perspective. I think it makes sense. I don't know if last year was a total aberration for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has shown a lot of times that he can be a really good player, uh, especially in big moments, which counts for a lot. Uh, and I don't know exactly what, if we saw what we saw last year is going to be what he is going forward. I mean, hopefully that's not the case, but he's going to get paid a certain amount and it's going to be kind of a bit of more uncomfortable situation than it was last year with him riding the bench, whether it's in that 11th or 12th or kind of the last man break in case of emergency kind of role, which he kind of fell into with the Raptors towards the end of the last season. Kind of gets a little bit more uncomfortable when you're making close to $10 million than it does when you're making one and a half. So uh, I don't know if that's a problem that I necessarily want around the Raptors, but again, there's a chance that, you know, this GoDaddy stuff goes away (laughs) or he has a really good summer, uh, gets out of his head a little bit. Um, He's got a lot of good tools, and I think just what happened last year is he just played too fast too often, Mm -hmm. and the leash got a bit shorter, and he wasn't able to kind of make the most of his minutes. And when you make a mistake in two and a half minutes of play, it kind of compounds a little bit more than if you make a few mistakes over 20 minutes. When you have less leeway, those mistakes look a lot worse, and I think that kind of compounded over the course of the season for him. So maybe a fresh start would be good, uh, as in a fresh start to a new season. But uh, maybe the Raptors just want to make a financial decision here and uh, ship him out. Yeah, I am very torn on the Norm Powell thing because I was a little trepidatious when the deal was given out last summer because while he was great as a starter in like 18 games in 2016-17, you know, he filled in for Damari Carroll a whole bunch really admirably. There were calls to start him over Damari Carroll permanently, uh, which uh, he ended up moving into the starting five with Damari in the playoffs and it worked out perfectly well and saved the Raptors' asses in that series against Milwaukee. And so, like, there's lots of reasons to believe in Norm Powell. Even this season, when his offense was just completely non-existent and the role was very up and down, I still thought his defensive 
abilities kind of shone th- through a little bit this season in a way they haven't maybe in the past. Like, he's a good defender, and having a guy who's 6'4", 6'5", with 6'11 arms, who is a strong defender who can defend 1 through 3, essentially, that's valuable to have. So I'm not, like, eager to get rid of Norman Powell, and this would be so much easier for the Raptors to negotiate if you could just get rid of Serge Ibaka's money, because yeah. Norm is certainly not the guy I'd be, like, most eager to get rid of, but he might be the easiest one, unless you're looking at, like, Jonas, and maybe he's got some value but that's a bigger contract, harder for another team to absorb all that stuff. So Norm at 10-ish million bucks a year might be the easiest guy to offload. I don't know, if looking at what Norm has done over his three years, and we don't know how other teams value him, but like if you're another team, like would you what do you think is the most likely in the event of a Norm trade? That you get something back for him that's actually a value, you get sort of a neutral return that's mostly just a salary dump, or you have to attach something to him to get rid of him. Uh, I would guess it would probably be more of a neutral return. Mm. I think I, I, you know, there's tape of him being good, but I don't know if teams are willing to kind of take a flyer as a third party and kind of take that on as a four-year commitment, mm. uh, especially with kind of a glut of wings coming in in this year's draft. Uh, you've got just a lot of guys who play that position on bad teams, it feels like. Bad teams in the NBA kind of had been loading up on this kind of combo wing position in an effort to kind of get more modern. So there's kind of a lot of guys in his vein. I mean, you you talked about how he's a good defender, and that kind of is the difference between him and a lot of other players that I see kind of on bad teams that have shown struggles adjusting to an NBA offense. So I don't know exactly what the landing place is for him, but there is kind of that edge with him on the defensive end. But I don't see him being a player who you necessarily have to attach something to or being someone where you kind of have to dump him. I think there's a market enough out there where you can get something back, hopefully. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I wonder if maybe, you know, people have talked about the Raptors trading into the second round of the draft. And I wonder if maybe that is sort of the vehicle by which they do it. Because, you know, you can talk yourself into a team, like say like the Knicks, for example. The Knicks don't have a lot. They're pretty bad. They probably have a lot of cap space. They're probably not going to sign a lot of dudes this summer um, just because they are bad. And maybe that's a guy they want to take a flyer on. They're pretty wing shallow. They got Courtney Lee, and that's about it. Maybe you can talk the Knicks into giving you a second-round pick for Norm and maybe, like, rights to some dude overseas, the Thomas Zubchic, if you will, um, you know, back from the Luke Ridenour trade. Um, you know, something like that just to sort of it, – it's a very tidy – deal for the books that gets another team a look at Norm Powell and yes they're paying him a lot more money but maybe it doesn't damage them quite as much because they're not really in a position to win and the Raptors get a swing in the draft in a position in the draft in which besides had some success so maybe that mutually is beneficial for both teams and maybe the Raptors come to regret it because a second round pick is a shot in the dark and maybe Norm finds a new role with a new team and becomes really good um, so I think that's kind of the team you're looking at. It's, it's not going to be a team that's up against the tax or anything like that who is looking to like be pushed over the top because there's no guarantee that Norm's going to push a team over the top. But if you're a bad team who doesn't have a lot of talent and you know can afford to take a look at a guy, 
I can see that. Phoenix is another team that comes to mind maybe as well. And if like everything goes wrong for the Sixers, although it's kind of hard because the draft comes before free agency, so we don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe the Sixers, if they're going to lose J.J. Redick, maybe that's a way they fill it in. I don't know. Um, obviously a very different player, but you know that that's kind of the... And the Sixers are a good team, obviously, but that, they just came to mind because they have a million second-round picks, so they keep coming to my mind in these second-round situations. But yeah, I think whatever you get back from... You're not getting like a sexy asset back. Like You're not getting a first-round pick in, in, by any means um but like a mid-second rounder perhaps and you sort of look at the the salary savings and the fact that it makes it all that much more likely that fred comes back is sort of the the value that you get on that end so we'll see there um i have a few situations here john let's run through a few things that could happen by thursday for the raptors and let's go by how much you want to see these things happen not how not how likely they are not whether or not they're going to happen but how how much you want to see them happen uh, so number one Trading a star, so that comes to DeMar or Kyle. We can even throw Jonas in there. Uh, trading Norm, which I think probably will be the most likely, but we can have that in there as well. Like a big salary dump, which is probably in the form of Serge Ibaka. Maybe you consider Norm that, although if you're getting something back for Norm, I don't know if that really matters. Or buying into the second round. These are kind of the things that could happen this week. I'm not sure any of them will happen because you know it's more likely than not that a transaction won't happen than anything, but... If you had to rank those four things as how much you want to see them happen, uh, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of talked about my general, like, lethargic apathy about the Raptors kind of in various <laughs> places ever since they were kicked out of the playoffs. I think this is the first time I've actually talked about them since, like, doing a Sportsnet interview uh, the day after uh, we did the podcast to kind of <laughs> do the post-mortem headquarters podcast thing. So I haven't talked about them, thought about them that much. And I guess the one thing that would kick me out of that kind of uh, a malaise, I guess you could call it, it would be to trade a star, but I'm not even sure if I really want that to happen mm-hmm. or if I just want something cool to happen to, you know, break up kind of just the general feeling I have about this team, which is that there's going to be some fun times, but it's ultimately going to end the same way next year. Uh, so I guess that would kind of wake me up a little bit, but again, there's just like, uh, not every summer has to be. Uh, a super cool fun time full of trades and <laughs> you know jumping out and grabbing Chandler Parsons and you know a, a, a high draft pick just to feel alive like I think I agree with you that it's most likely that they just don't do anything because nothing really is that feasible or smart on that kind of more uh, daring end of things like trading DeRozan or trying to dump Ibaka or trading Valanciunas and all that stuff so I would say you know, of what I'd want to see happen. I'd like to have some interest in the draft. I'd like to see them buy in, whether it's a uh, late first, early second. Apparently, from what I've heard, it's a, um, it's a relatively deep draft. I'm not, as you call it, a draft knower, but <laughs> there's, there's guys out there at that spot. So at least that would make tomorrow night or Thursday night rather a little bit more interesting for me. So I would put that up at the top. Okay. People listen to yesterday's podcast. Robert Flom went through a really good list of some names that you should be interested in if you're the Raptors, if you're a Raptors fan hoping to, I don't know, be excited on draft night by someone they get who might end up being nothing. It probably will end up being nothing because there'll be a second rounder undrafted guy. But either way, uh, listen to that podcast. I just sold that very well. It's very good. Um, yeah, I think for me, the most likely, the, the thing that I would like to see most is probably trading norm as much as it bums me out to think of and how much you know how i think it could just sort of ultimately backfire on the raptors because norm could end up being kind of good uh i think that clears the way to bring back fred which i think even as bobby webster said yesterday should be the top priority and uh, i i can't really see 
the Raptors wanting to let him walk. I'm not sure how risky it is right now anyway. We've talked about the factors going on with, you know, cap space and no one ever signs offer sheets. People seem to think everyone's out there just like throwing offer sheets around. That that shit never happens. But, um, you know, you don't want that risk hanging over you, I suppose. So if you can get rid of Norm and sort of replace that salary with, you know, 70% of that salary with a new Fred contract, that'd be great. Uh, I'd be down for that. Uh, buying into the second round, yeah, sure. Like, I'm fine with that. I kind of trust Masai to get an undrafted guy anyway. Um, I'm sure they'll bring some people into the summer league and try to add a couple guys to the end of the roster, for, like like Fred style. I mean, you know, obviously you're kind of dealing with guys who fall out of the draft, so they're not top prospects by any means. But if the Raptors think they can develop them, uh, shouts to Jama Malalela, by the way, for getting the 905 job. He'll be tasked with developing whichever guys get the or get get picked up by the Raptors at the end of the draft. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm kind of. Uh, I don't really care if they buy it in the second round or not. They'll get somebody who's fine and in that range. And, uh, yeah, then I would say a salary dump, even though I don't really want to see that, I think, because you have to attach something to it. And I don't think attaching a first-round pick to Serge Ibaka gets you anywhere. I think that's just kind of a, you know, you're spinning your wheels. It's just two years of Serge, and he still has some utility. So I'd be fine with that. And then, yeah, trading a star for me is last. Um, I, you know, to go to your earlier point about having wacky, crazy, fun summers, the most, the, 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 the wackiest and craziest and most fun summers, summers in Raptors history have usually coincided with people like Jermaine O'Neal and Hito Turkoglu coming to town. That's not always a good thing. Like you don't always have to be making big splashes, especially when there's not an obvious splash to make. So I think I'm down with just kind of holding pat and, you know, if something presents itself for DeMar, great. Um, I don't think you should trade Kyle Lowry because I think you should try to be really good next season. And I, I do see a way in which you can be good with Kyle without DeMar, but not really the other way around. Um, so I would say if you can find something for DeMar that's like just like a blow you away deal, something that gets you in the top five or some crazy stuff like that, then yeah, consider it. Do it maybe. But um, other than that, you know, just you can be good and fine and have fun moments, even though you know the end is going to be bad. Um, but like you said, so I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at there. <sighs> yeah, and then yeah. who's to say the coaching doesn't change things either? I yeah. mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a sexy, like, culture reset thing that, you know, they call out at the beginning of the summer, but it, it's something, and it's something where we wanted somebody who would handle the macro a little bit better, or the micro, uh, and Nick Nurse is hopefully that guy, so we'll see how it plays out. It's not like they have done nothing and are just going forward with the same team. I mean, things will probably look different next year, regardless of whether everybody comes back. Yeah, for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Um, anything else we should hit on here ahead of the draft? <laughs> uh, we're, I'm not a draft guy. I'm kind of just ready for the draft to happen. Are you upset that Woj is not allowed to tweet picks ahead of time? Uh, a little bit because I don't like watching TV 100%. I like watching it like 40% and then like following tweets the whole time. And mm-hmm. I liked having it ruin it for me a little bit. Uh, because yeah, like all the trades and stuff, I mean, we'll probably get that regardless. But the picks, it was kind of nice to just like be able to not watch the show because, yeah. It's insanely bad. I think I'm just at the point (laughs) in my life where everything 
basketball on TV is bad to me. Yeah, like I would watch like Rachel Nichols and I don't know, like Zach Lowe and the guy, the Draft Express guy who was on the podcast yesterday, do it. That'd be cool. But like, too man, bad. I don't really want Jay Billis screaming into my TV about wingspan and. Uh, potential and ceiling, and I, I don't really. I guess Bill Simmons isn't on it anymore, so we don't have to him have him like just like fist pumping after every Celtics pick. Remember how James Young was going to be like the best player ever? Yeah, that worked out. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the yeah the the broadcast is not particularly good, uh, and I, I don't even know if like the online options because I like watch like the the vertical show. And recently, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. but like I don't know if that's going to exist anymore. ESPN might have murdered all the producers that would do that did that before, so they can't <laughs> produce that um, when they bought up Woj. <laughs> it's... That was so good because it was like it was like uh, you had Woj, you had Shams, and then you had like Brian Scalabrini, <laughs> and like the the Brian Scalabrini segments were just so bad in comparison. Yes, but then Bobby Marks would come on, and Brian Scalabrini would look like a season pro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor Bobby Marks. I, we're going to get a lot of Bobby Marks in front of a weird uh, video board touchscreen thing on Thursday, I think. And it's going to be awkward. Um, yeah, I got nothing else, man. The The draft will, will come. The Raptors, in all likelihood, probably won't do anything. If they do something, it will probably not be all that you know groundbreaking. I know people really want a trade of Kyle or DeMar. I'm not sure if this is like if, if this is the time. No, you know, it just to, it doesn't to really. Yeah. There's there's so few examples of times where a team has traded their star player to get into that year's draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like a desperation kind of move. And although things ended with a series sweep, landscapes changed. The coaches changed. I don't know if they're that desperate at this point to yeah. trade into the draft the week of the draft. You know. Yeah. What do you think about LeBron? Where, where what's your feeling about LeBron? Where is he going? Uh, I like Houston. My my brain says Houston, um, but I am open to being surprised. I'm that's what I'm most excited for. I kind of like in the summer to kind of take the Raptors hat off and just like enjoy the craziness yeah. of all this stuff going on. And like you know that this summer is going to be one of the crazier ones, so it's exciting from that perspective. And I kind of like that there's no like free agent like uh, like the Lowry or the Drozen over the last two years where you kind of have that hanging over like something bad could happen. Yeah. It no. really is like if they don't make a move this week, like, okay, I can kind of sit back and enjoy just everyone else going nuts. Yeah, and like the Raptors, through all of this, if they do nothing, they will still end up being good. Whereas last year, if they did nothing, they could have lost their best player and supposed to be third best player um, and been set back just a whole lot. So yeah, it's it's a nice, easy week for Raptors fans. I don't know how I'm doing daily podcasts this week. We were at 20 minutes barely, and we were totally out of stuff to say, which is uh, <laughs> rare for me, but uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, we could probably wrap it there. The, the draft will come. The draft will take place and stuff will happen the LeBron thing the Houston thing with LeBron is interesting because like he has to opt in I think by the 29th if they want to make it work because they'll have to trade him and that doesn't sound like what he's going to do because um, from reports it sounds like this is going to go deep into July which um, would be annoying I'm going on vacation from July 4th to 15th there's a chance that he's like still deciding when to get back which would be something just like leaving everyone hanging for two weeks Going to Vegas for summer league with nothing to report on—that'd be kind of fun, actually. Hope he trolls. Yeah, and if everybody else waits too, that'd be fantastic. Because then you just have like everybody lined up to do free agency reports, and there's just nothing going on. <laughs> just like <laughs> blue balls for every aggregator yeah. in the land uh, all day on July first. 
So I, so many misquoted Windhorst segments. Oh my god. The aggregators out there. This is not what I'm saying. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'd think he would learn at some point that, you know, he, he talks about it before he says something and then like it, what he says is just so obviously going to be aggregated. Yeah, it just perks up the ears <laughs> of the aggregators. This, I think Paul George is going to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Adam Silver killed a guy. Um, <laughs> Again, that's not a report. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this was a podcast. It was, I don't know. There's nothing to talk about. I we're doing it because we love the people. I love I love the listeners, and I wanted to give people stuff to listen to. But um, we'll have to hold a pattern a little bit to see what happens. Tomorrow's going to be a fun one, actually. Myself and Dan Grant are going to go back over Raptors draft history and uh, get sad a little bit. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do it, but it's going to involve uh, guys the Raptors missed in drafts uh, in, in sort of the mostly just the Brian Colangelo era, but I'm sure some of the the later era as well. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I'll do like a live podcast if anything happens on Thursday as well during the draft. Probably a Facebook live for RaptorsHQ.com as well. Uh, just you know to kind of keep up with the draft stuff. I was supposed to have a softball game on Thursday, but it got canceled because it really they, my, my league really wanted me to watch the entirety of the draft on ESPN and hear the word wingspan 700 times. So thank you for that, McMaster Softball League. And um, John, do you have anything you want to plug right now? Oh no, I'm I'm fully off. I, I'm <laughs> aggregating I'm aggregating news on Raptors HQ to uh, fill my quota. Which uh, hopefully Daniel Reynolds listen to this podcast because uh, that that's an admission of guilt. But yeah, uh, there's there's stuff going up. But as we've talked about about twenty times in twenty minutes now, there's nothing going on. So yeah, uh, yeah check out Raptors HQ for all the good sweet nothing content. <laughs> I might uh, help you out on Thursday as well. Do some little news posts if you need a hand. Those are my aggregations. Fine, I need, fine. I need two more posts for June. <laughs> my mark, damn it. It's it's so weird because normally for the draft show we have like fifteen prospect like re- reaction posts ready. There's gonna be none of that this year, and anything that happens is gonna be on the fly, quick breaking. Oh, the Raptors traded in and drafted this guy. Write up a thing on him. That's gonna suck. I think, we've had, I think we've had the same number of posts about the Pistons this month that we have the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, well, the Pistons, like the Raptors, don't have a pick on Thursday, so. That's so sad. Ha ha. Ha ha Dwayne could have done better, man. I'm, I'm so disappointed. He could have done better. It's like the worst rebound ever. Yeah. <sighs> It, the, the 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 rebound chick is lucky is lucky to have Dwayne Casey. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blake's gonna shoot more threes now, so. Yeah, yeah, that works with that. Uh, They're gonna be great. That that three point shot that has like a negative arc. <laughs> yeah. It actually goes down and up. It's got a a negative magnitude. Is that what I'm looking for? Yeah. More of those. Yes. Um, all right. Less of this podcast. Um, we're going to wrap it there. Uh, tune in again on Wednesday. Myself and Dan Grant going to have some fun or not fun, whatever you, you see that as, uh, with some past Raptors drafts. And uh, we will talk to you then on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 